Anyone can talk football. Not everyone can do it East Coast style. The East Coast Gridiron Podcast, starting now. All right. What's up, everybody? You probably saw me because I am I jacked up the video again this week, but it's all good. So, everybody, welcome back to the East Coast Gridiron Podcast, episode 16, the sweet 16 edition. There you go. That's right. Where's our birthday cake? <laughs> We're almost in adulthood. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, welcome back, everybody. This is uh, post-draft. Um, again, I put out a video on Instagram and and TikTok and um, some other places that we have our content on. Just apologizing for the lack of content, but uh, it was like draft day. Then I went on vacation and I came back and I got swamped with work. So it was absolutely no time to do podcast stuff. But uh, Dame Dollar, I love it. Yeah, bro, I got to represent. <laughs> but that's my favorite <laughs> basketball player for like the last five or six years now. Um, but uh, this is everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Dante, here with my man to the left, Don, the stats guru. I'm here. <laughs> Live from Maryland. <laughs> Live and then, from Maryland. And then we got That's Rob, right. the Final Fantasy. Uh, Final Fantasy. Final the, Fantasy. Wait, 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 wait a second. <laughs> Those are two different things. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the fantasy, fantasy football god. Back in the house. So Vacation does that to yep. you, man. From the house. Hey, man, I'm I'm so relaxed. Like, uh, I'm you ready. had some fun in the sun there. Glad you're back. Oh yeah, I mean, like, look at that. <laughs> oh wow. Oh I mean, yeah, you... I got I got jacked up. <laughs> Suns up, guns out the whole weekend, eh? Suns out, guns out. That's really what it was. It was, it was. Yeah. You know, it was a guys' weekend, and you know, we had fun. So let's go ahead and awesome. get a shout out to the sponsor here, um, always and forever. <laughs> As you see in the back, Rob's got some posters. Don's got some posters at his house. Yeah. And I yep. got my NHL poster back there, my Seahawks poster to the well, the doors in the way. But yeah. yeah, go ahead and check out afloatposters.com, guys. Um, he'll hook you up. Of course, that's my father's establishment. So if you guys want to get hooked up with any deals, you let me know. If you want a custom poster that he doesn't have on his website, he can get one going for you. So don't feel like that you're limited to what you see on the website. He does have the HBCU licenses for all your uh, uh, historically black college fans out there. Um, it's got a lot of Jackson State fans, of course, because of uh, Deion Sanders. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead and give them a check. Check them out, and also the merch store, East Coast Gridiron Merch dot com. Go and check out our new T shirt we got there. I, you know, I'm I'm such a bad, a bad fan of of our own show that I haven't gone out and bought uh the new ECG shirt, but I will. Yeah, I gotta go get week. the new shirt. Then. Um, and then I got some other, uh, t-shirt designs. I got to show the guys before I actually throw that up, but, uh, let's go ahead and, and get over to our first topic. Hey, uh, Dante, before oh, we yeah. hit the first oh, topic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just real quick, you were talking about sweet 16 and everything. Mm -hmm. Well, that reminded me of birthday and, uh, here I am doing the podcast and it's Mrs. Stat Guru's birthday today. That's right. Yes, it Mrs. is. Stats Guru. <laughs> so happy birthday to her thanks for letting me do the podcast and uh you know it's we've had quite a few birthdays together and uh you know it was a pretty pretty decent day yeah um awesome. if you know don and and his wife they've uh they've been together since since high school right yeah yeah this year will be uh 39 years married 
Yeah, relationship goals. Wow. We're so young yeah, in our right. marriage, and I think Rob, you've been with your wife since since uh, college, right? Uh, well, we were we were friends in high school, and then started dating after college. So we knew each other for eight years first, uh, cool. but we've been married. Gosh, this year will be thirteen years. Yeah, nice. You, you actually have a mutual friend on your Facebook of mine, and it. I forget who it is, but we'll we'll talk about that after the show. I was like, wait, <laughs> how does Rob know somebody that I went to funny how like, that works. middle school with? Like, yeah, that's funny. It's crazy. Um, so first topic of the day, our first four, no, our first five segments are all going to be related to the draft. Uh, so this is pretty much the post draft episode here, and then we'll get into one, yeah. one of the uh, yeah. NFL topic later on. But the best team draft uh that happened so um uh, of course anything college related i'm always super excited to talk about draft this is one of the best drafts that we've seen so far and this was actually pretty hard to decipher who was the best and the worst and who had the best pick and who had the worst pick this was I know Shadow took a trail for saying that Alex Leatherwood was gonna <laughs> fall where he fell so absolutely that, that was a bold pick that turned out dead on yeah so uh, when I did the graphics this week, of course I get this. I get spoiled. I get the spoiler alert every single time. <laughs> spoiler alert! Oh yeah. snaps! Yep. I get to see everybody's pick, but you guys don't see mine. So, um, right. I, I can honestly say this: this whole time with everybody who we picked for all of our topics this week, they're all different, which oh, wow. I think might be a first in our history. So uh, I'll go ahead and get the show started off with. Uh, I had the Jets being the. Uh, the worst team or the the best team draft best team really um, that hurt my heart to I'm say surprised. wow that, that hurt my heart to say but uh i i just had to go with who the jets picked i mean all of a all of a sudden you're a zach wilson fan well this is the way that i looked at it besides yeah, <laughs> well yeah <laughs> the, the zach wilson fan you got they, jokes they met a need, right yeah so i looked that's exactly how i looked at it it was just who had a need well who filled their needs the best in this draft right and i don't want to go by you know who filled it the best or or whatever you know i don't want to go by i guess what i'm trying to say is i don't want to go by that zach wilson was the worst quarterback that we thought in the draft and that wherever he fell he was just going to be bad i i went by looking at the depth chart looking at where they failed as far as stats and who they needed to fill some gaps that they didn't fill in free agency right and I think this, you know, the Jets came and surprised me with a lot of their picks. Zach Wilson, of course, they needed a quarterback that got rid of uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, who Rob was really high right. on. I was. Um, and job, they needed Tim. a guard badly. Elijah Moore, they needed a receiver. Uh, they really don't have a number one receiver out there ever since they got rid of uh, Robbie Anderson. Um, Michael Carter. You know, have somebody come in and, and help uh, Frank Gore out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, actually, they drafted both Michael Carters, the safety from Duke, too. So, uh, got a Torrey Hills guy and a Duke guy there. Um, and then, actually, picked up my boy Hamza Nisardine from um, Florida State. Picked up a cornerback they needed. They got two corners. They got, uh, I believe they got three safeties in the draft this year. No, it was three corners and two safeties. And then just to cap it off, um, with their second round six pick, it was Jonathan Marshall, uh, defensive tackle out of um, Arkansas. So overall, I think they 
filled the gaps where they needed to fill. I don't think it was the Dolphins draft from last year, but I don't think we can disagree at all with our our three picks. Like they were in, like I said before, the interchangeable like Legos, right? So I think to me personally, with all the team needs that they needed, not necessarily looking at the caliber of players that but that they got, but plugging in a guard, a couple of cornerbacks, some safeties. You know, they're hurting in a lot of different areas, but I think the most important areas they went and plugged and play and they got they got themselves some good picks. So Dom, you were the next one up. Yeah, I went with the uh LA Chargers. Um kind of funny. Um I, I kinda did a little bit of the who filled a need, but I man, I, I actually got away a little bit from the numbers and went with the players that we talked about that uh, players that I really liked that I think are going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's how I chose these guys. Uh, they started off with uh, Rashawn Slater, second best tackle, blindside protector. Some people had him as the best tackle, uh, a huge benefit to the team to protect the quarterback. Then they pick up at corner, Asante Samuel Jr., somebody with great technique, crowds of receivers it's like man fantastic i was hoping you know the eagles might pick him up at some point early on but they didn't um their next two picks were more more depth picks not not anything to really get excited uh wide receiver josh palmer uh trey mckitty was a little bit of a reach at tight end i know they're trying to uh get some depth there with hunter henry going uh, but then when when they grabbed uh, Chris Rumpf, the linebacker, I was like, yes, that's what sold it to me right there. Mm-hmm. I like this kid, pass rusher, put him with Bosa. Can you imagine the intensity? And the this kid has great lateral movement. Um, a year close to Bosa this year, maybe, and then maybe split him out to the other side next year once he's had a year under his belt they're going to look tremendous. So, yeah, like I said, interchangeable light Legos here. I think with the Rashawn Slater pick, that was probably the most obvious pick in the draft. This is the pick that the Bengals should have drafted for Panay Sewell, right? It should have been almost interchangeable like that. Right. They bring a guy, Rashawn Slater, who did sit out last year like uh, Panay Sewell, and now you're just uh, you're giving the confidence to – um, you know, your boy, a quarterback to, you know, have him believe that the system is really garnered to, to help him. Yep. Um, so yeah, not, not a bad pick. Asante Samuel, we'll get into that a little later, but for people to say that JC Horn is better than Asante Samuel is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not just saying <laughs> that because I'm a Florida state fan. Asante yeah. Samuel throughout his career had a 56% um, quarterback rating against him when they threw to his side. He was dominant. And also, and he was like ranked number two next to Patrick Sertain and breaking up contested catches his whole career. I mean, just go watch the tape on, uh, we'll get into that a little later, but just go watch the tape on JC Horn against Auburn and tell me how weird that is. Um, And then Rob. Yeah, so... Miami won the draft last year. I gave it to them again this year. They had a heck yeah. of a draft. You know, they, yes, they did. I'm, I'm going down their board. They were a 10-win t- team last year. They drafted possibly four starters off of this board. 
I mean, Jalen Waddle, obviously, I mean, they picked him over Smith that the whole league is going nuts over the Eagles getting Devontae Smith, but Jalen Waddle played on the same team as him and got picked ahead of him. I mean, he's clearly a talent. He, he's going to be a starting receiver there for years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jalen Phillips is, you know, a, a skilled pass rusher. He's had some medical history. He actually had to retire from UCLA because of concussion uh, issues, took a year off and came back to uh, Miami. But he's a guy that I think could play probably all seven positions in the front seven and rush the passer from pretty much everywhere. We'll see how it translates to the next level, but he'll get rotation time in the next at the next level. Um, Javon Holland, the safety out of Oregon. Everybody was, you know, up on the TCU safety, um, but he he led Oregon as a true freshman in picks in 18 and then led the team again in 19 before opting out. Uh, for the 2020 season. So he's another guy that could get rotated in at safety there that he might not start right away, but he, he could see time. And then obviously the, the last one is their, um, the new right tackle from Notre Dame. Uh, what's his face? Eichenberg. And yep. so, I mean, l- right. looking at, looking down the list, they didn't have a ton of picks. I think they only had like seven or eight picks, but they were all super high quality that I feel like they've got depth pieces, but they've got four potential starters within the next year or two. Um, out of this draft class, which was just really impressive for a 10-win team to pull that all together. Yeah. yeah. Not to uh, mention all the maneuvering to... they did. I feel like they outmaneuvered a lot of teams, you know, <laughs> moving up and down and up and down um, to wind up with that six pick. And um, like I said, again, these teams are interchangeable like Legos, but I'm going to tell you which team it was really hard for me not to put. And we we have a fan of this team. And it's not because of his influence of spending the weekend with them. <laughs> but the Panthers really drafted really good. They just had one weird pick, which we'll get into a little later. But, I mean, J.C. Horn, they needed a corner. Terrace Marshall right. Jr., they had Curtis Samuel leave, yeah. so they needed to fill a gap there. Brady Christensen, who was a still in round three out of, um, out of BYU. Um, and then um, – Tommy Tremble, tight end. They needed another tight end. Chuba Hubbard, which was excellent because yep. – and I'm surprised that Chuba Hubbard fell to round four, to be completely honest yeah. with you. But Chuba Hubbard was um, was a need. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will question that just saying how good Christian McCaffrey is. But Christian McCaffrey has injury issues. <laughs> yes. And Chuba Hubbard is the, the perfect back that can almost emulate exactly, not emulate Christian McCaffrey. You only get, you know, one of those um, type of players, you know, coming every couple of years. But, you know, wasn't bad. Deontay Brown from Alabama, they needed a guard. I mean, She Smith from South Carolina, they needed another wide receiver and pairing him up with his boy J.C. Horn. Yeah, I mean, you could put them up there as having the best draft, too. Uh, and I think these these four picks right here, I've heard some people say that, you know, Baltimore had a really good draft. Right. And I, I heard some people say the Patriots had a good draft. You, Patriots had a pretty sure. decent draft. I got to put them up there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Depends I, on I, how much you believe in Mac Jones. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's head over to the next segment, which was the opposite side. <laughs> who had the worst? Who had the worst team draft? Don, we'll go ahead and start with you. Boy, I, you know, mine's not going to take too long. Uh, 
the uh, Raiders were definitely a disappointment. Um, man, what a reach. What a reach. <laughs> Alex Leatherwood at number 17. Yes, offensive tackle. They they decimated their line in the offseason. They got rid of a lot of players. So it was a glaring need. But, you know, pre-draft, Oklahoma State's Tevin Jenkins was ranked number three. Leatherwood was ranked five. Jenkins didn't go to round two, pick seven. I'm not sure they picked the right guy here, and they definitely reached and went too early. And they they did have a decent pick throughout, you know, here and there. Most of them are developmental and depth players. They did not meet their urgent needs, in my opinion. So I I was really disappointed with their draft. A lot of people had the Raiders, and of course – to me, it's like that whole team just needs to be fixed, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's like where they fell. Maybe it was bad luck, but I'm genuinely curious because Mike Mayock is our boy. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious to figure out was this more of John Gruden's influence, or were they actually working as a team and seeing players for you know whatever they are you know they might be actually good and we're just not seeing their talent but based off all the players that they drafted starting with alex leatherwood uh there's no mystery on why people were putting them as the worst draft we'll head over to you rob all right well my favorite team to pick on uh i gave the worst draft to the cowboys (laughs) as an eagles fan it just brings joy to my heart to just feel like that they had the worst draft um, credit goes to them though, for going defense, the first six picks. I mean, their defense has been awful, yep. clearly the best part the worst part of their team. So I, I will give them credit for their first six picks were all defense, but I felt like they reached for linebacker at, at 12, um, after trading down out of disappointment, you know, they, they traded in the division and gave the Eagles the player that they wanted because they were disappointed that JC Horn and Sertain both went yes. right ahead of their pick. They got mm. sad and went, ah, never mind. And they just traded down to 12 and took Micah Parsons. Parsons is really talented. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, he's another one in the long line of Cowboys with potential character issues. We've all seen the stuff that's come out, but they Penn love State. it there. Oh yeah, exactly. So he's, it, always, it, he's always wanted to be a cowboy. Yeah, exactly. A guy you know? that went to Penn State that always <laughs> wants to be a cowboy. Like I don't get it, but well, what's wrong right. with that picture? <laughs> yeah, it, it, and I mean, obviously the Cowboys have a ton invested in uh, linebacker already. You know, we're seeing what's going on with Van Der Esch. So it, it I don't get it. Yeah, Rashawn Slater was available there at twelve, and I felt like yeah. that was a bigger need for them and a higher value. I just felt yeah. like it was a, a missed pick. Um, that they were trying to go with the next best thing because they missed out on their corner. Um, they got beaten out again in the second round by Don's Raiders, uh, <laughs> trading up to take uh, Morig from TCU. So, um, you know, they, they still didn't get their guy. Yeah, and then in the third round, they picked up an undersized defensive tackle that I don't think can play the nose in their 3-4 scheme. Yeah, he he's only like 284 or something playing D tackle, and he, he they play a three four. There's no way he's going to be able to line up over the center and be a nose tackle in the NFL without putting on 
50 pounds and we'll see what happens there. But um, they pick up a defensive end that ran a four, eight 40. So they might get him into the rotation this year. So like, really, I give them an overall grade of a D that they picked up <laughs> a starter with character issues and a couple of guys that might make it into their defensive rotation over the next couple seasons. And that's it. Like, yeah. Good job, boys. <laughs> the boys are going to boy. That's it. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I can, so I can kind of disagree with you with the Michael Parsons thing. Don't get me wrong. He's talented. I mean, like he's yeah. a really good player, but I, I still think they could have taken a better player at 12. I think they, for, for a more obvious need. Right. Yeah. I, I think that the, I think that the whole thing about that was the whole Sean Lee retiring. Sean Lee retiring. Yeah. Which you need to fill that gap, but, they could have filled that gap years ago, knowing that this dude is going to be injured every well, freaking season. They got Sean Lee retiring, and then Vanderesh. They did not pick uh, up his another, year five option. They, did, they didn't pick up his fifth year another, option. So he's out the door next season too. Yeah, so, such a good talent, but can't stay healthy either. So yep, they correct. just got linebacker health issues, and now they're about to bring in a character guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is this is going to be going to be weird. So I. First, I'm going to play the guessing game with you guys, all right? <laughs> what team seriously needed a wide receiver that could stay healthy? What team needed a running back that could back up somebody that can't stay healthy? What team needed secondary help? And what team just needs a solid linebacker in an all-around? Can you guess the team that I'm about to go to? But sounds like the birds to me. What about <laughs> they you? They needed Don? all of those things. Well, be, before you even went with any positions, I, I was thinking in the back of my mind that you're going Eagles. Um, you guys would be wrong. <laughs> but they're right <laughs> I mean, up the street. I'm talking about them Giants. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Very similar needs. <laughs> Where do I start with the Giants? First of all, <laughs> you pick up Kadarius Tony. Which there were better receivers out there. Oh yeah, theoretically better receivers. Because I'm not, I'm not a big fan of uh, Bateman. But to each their own. Statistically, with all the talent that he's got, I don't think you pick Kadarius Tony where they picked him. But obviously, they probably like him because he's a two way player. But you could literally throw any running back, cornerback, or wide receiver mm-hmm. at punt returner and kick returner and they'll be yeah. good for you. <laughs> so, yep. you, I mean, you don't you don't draft a a punt returner. You know, you draft their talent for what else they do. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's I weird. Mean, I mean, even Unless you're getting Devin Hester, I mean, like you you don't draft because they return punts. Uh, but I, I even know, Devin Hester was a wide receiver that was, was a receiver was exactly in yeah. college. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then Aziz uh Oholari from Georgia Linebacker with their second pick. I don't understand that. Aaron Robinson, a cornerback from UCF. There were better cornerbacks before him. They pick him with the third pick. Then they stack up a linebacker again. Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. There I, I just don't okay. I, I just don't see if so Awusu Koromora was sitting there and we all know about his heart issues, but they could have traded up and got that guy before he got picked. I, I don't know, but this is the one that was like glaringly an issue. 
with their round six pick at 196, they pick up Gary Brightwell from Arizona. So you're you're telling you get rid of Wayne Gallman, mm-hmm. who was your for sure bet good backup for yep, somebody solid. that you have no there was better <laughs> running backs in the draft this whole yeah. time. And you go with Gary Brightwell. Okay. Yeah. I guess they're banking on him being Saquon 2.0 because I don't – I'm not saying that Saquon is going to get hurt, but he's been hurt enough where that's a big concern to me. That's just like you should have did what the Panthers did. Chuba Hubbard was sitting there. That's you should have picked him up. I mean, your linebacker and cornerback issue is not going to be solved with, with these dudes that <laughs> were really six-round picks on a lot of people's boards, and you guys are picking them two and three. Okay, all right, bro, I don't understand, but <laughs> to me, they had the worst draft. Sorry, Giants fans. Uh, th- to me, the only the only big name on here is Don's boy, Kadarius Tony, and you guys picked him way too high. Way too early. Yep. Way too high. Ooh, yep. that's, that was a mistake. So, <laughs> so, I mean, with that being said, with all the mistakes that happened in this draft <laughs> – Actually, there weren't a lot. Let me let me be fair. Let me be fair. The most, if you're looking at the Giants draft overall, they drafted in the spots that they needed, but I think they drafted the wrong guys at the wrong time. Yes. Um. So with that being said, leading over to you know the biggest surprises in round one, because that's really where all this started. We're talking about Kadarius Tony and everybody, but yeah. uh, Rob, go ahead and give us your surprise sure. at round one. Yeah. So my surprise was um the football team getting jamming Davis at linebacker from Kentucky. Yeah. Maybe a second rounder, but I mean, he went super high 19 overall. Yeah. He had an impressive pro day. Yeah. I think that's really what sold him. They fell in love with his pro day. Yep. Um, You know, he's to me, like, again, this is another guy, like I was talking about with the Cowboys getting a guy that doesn't really fit their scheme. He's more fit to be the middle of a three-four defense, you know, playing one of the two middle linebackers. But Ron Rivera runs a four-three, and I just don't see him being the Mike in a four-three. He seems like a raw talent, you know, kind of project guy. He only started eleven games in college. Wow, it, it's an odd reach for a first-round pick. Yeah. Like he just doesn't have the experience. He doesn't seem to fit what Ron Rivera wants to do on defense. I just didn't get it at nineteen overall. That 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 one surprised me for sure. Mm. Yeah, I would have to agree with you somewhat. But Again, it's another I, one of those they fell in love with his pro day. Yeah, you know, they look fell at in love metrics. with his pro day yeah, and like, his metrics yeah. and his his athleticism, his he, potential. Yeah, exactly. Not, there, there isn't enough game film on him to you know eleven games in college. So I guess they're banking on him being another uh, Khalil Mack, right? Because yeah, that. That the, was they can, the the pass rushing linebacker exactly. I, I think you know, like with Khalil Mack, I was saying he was going to be better than Jadavion Clowney. I mean, even with him playing up at the yeah. Mac at you know at Buffalo, but you, you also look at Washington's front four; they're probably not going to need him to rush the passer that much, mm-hmm. right? Like you look at who they already have; they're going to run a four three like with those four first round picks up front. Yep, that's it, it, just. I, I don't get it. It uh, is what it is. And Don's boys on that line too that we talked about a couple years ago, Mr. Sweat himself. 
Yep. Yep. You got it. Terrorizing um, the division. Yes, yep. he is. <laughs> uh, so we'll head over to my pick. Uh, J.C. Horn. <laughs> Let's just start it off at the beginning. J.C. Horn was a surprise to me because if you're going to pick a cornerback, you should have picked Patrick Sertain. Not yeah. only was he dominant, he could have switched to safety if you really needed him to. So now you're you're getting a one-dimensional player who this dude has problems reading. Okay, and then there's a lot of people out there that um, are going to argue with me against this, but the dude has problems reading route concepts. He's very physical at the line of scrimmage, but he's going to get burned a lot. I'm telling you. He's gonna. He's not gonna be an interception machine like most of these people think he's gonna be. A lot of these people are thinking that he's gonna be like Cam Chancellor playing cornerback. It's not gonna happen. I mean, he'll be able to to pinch the gap and everything on the outside on runs. He'll be a run stopping cornerback for sure. But I'm telling you, all I need to say is go look at the tape of when he played at Auburn. That'll tell you everything you need to know. I wouldn't even been mad if they would have picked Asante Samuel here at this pick. But the re I mean, I would have had a problem because Patrick Sertain is better than him. But we literally have three cornerbacks that their dads were NFL players. And you chose JC Horn because everybody was talking about him. I I, I think he was just like a It surprised everybody it surprised the hell out of me. They need, like I said, you could put the Panthers draft up there as one of the best because they drafted with the need. They needed a cornerback. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a weird one for me just to go off a of one year worth of tape that he actually played really well. And I'm sure Don on one of these shows, we're going to go back and reflect at the end of this, at the end of this year, we'll, we should go back and reflect on these picks and see if they were actually good. <laughs> but yep. I can almost guarantee you that JC Horn is going to get burned a lot. And first of all, it's going to stop. It's going to start with his, his physicality up front. That'll be great for their defense. But, uh, We'll, I don't know. We'll see. He could he could be great. He could be a Patrick Peterson, or he could be a uh, what's his name that used to play for them. They got stiffed armed by uh, <laughs> Derrick Henry. Uh, he could be Josh Norman. So <laughs> <And> Norman, <laughs> what what a great clip that is of him just flying off. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a one hit wonder. But we'll see. You know, to each their own. I just it just surprised the hell out of me that if the three cornerbacks that were there, even Caleb Farley and everybody knows Caleb Farley's back issues are probably why he dropped so low. Right. But you were talking about Patrick Sertain and Caleb Farley all year. And then JC Horn just comes out of nowhere. But again, Rob, another pro day superstar with the physicality. Dad was an NFL player. Dad has something to do with it. Like let's, let's act like it's not sure. And you know, he's going to a team that is an NFC South team that is going against his dad's old team. <laughs> yeah, Joe Horn had his moment with his cell phone, you know, under the goalpost. Yeah. <laughs> so that is like the first iconic uh, over celebration. Yeah. So Slade says he surprised me as well. Not a bad pick, though. Horn is great with adjustments, though. 
it will pay off. Not, he's not good at adjustments, and that's <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Get double moved all over. He gets double moved everywhere. I mean, you have to go back and and watch the tape because that's one of the 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 glaring things that a lot of people said about J.C. Horn. His him reading route concepts, him adjusting. Like if a guy comes up and blocks him, he's already confused because he's like, "You should be running a route," and then you're letting the dude in the slot just cross you right over the middle. When you should be hammering on that guy too. Um, what did he say next? He said, uh, "Look at the second time he played guys that beat him, though he stuck." <laughs> the sec, the second time. <laughs> so it takes some. I'm telling you, Slade, just just go just go watch go watch the Auburn tape, bro. Um, it's weird. I mean, he's letting little guys just like shake him up at the line of scrimmage. Um. My dad said uh, Horn was a waste. The rest of Carolina wasn't too bad. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he's he, – it's it's very high-risk, high-reward with J.C. Horn. I think all of us can mm-hmm. agree. He has the talent, yeah. but it's very high-risk, high-reward. Uh, not the second time he plays those guys that tricked him uh, is my point. Okay. I'm just saying uh, – it's high risk, high reward. I'm not saying he's a bad player. That's not. That's kind of like what people were misconstruing what I was saying about Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think you watch a team like Auburn, who was not even a top twenty team this year, and they, I mean, they made him into Rice Krispie treats. I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was. It was weird. Um, it's it's not the fact that he played bad. It's just his intangibles and him trying to read route concepts is really, it's it's weird, man. I, that's all I gotta say. Is anybody that haven't seen the Auburn tape just go watch that. It's 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 super weird. Uh, Don, we'll go ahead and get to you. Man, we've already had some things to say about this guy, but I mean, I talked about him a few weeks ago. But Kadarius Tony going to the Giants uh, with the in round one with the 20th pick. I mean, when I, when I talked about him before he was projected, probably second could slip to a high third round pick. He was projected to be a very good number three receiver on a team. Mm-hmm. So the giants take him in round one with the 20th pick. <laughs> it's like, it's like, man. <laughs> now, now here, here's where the numbers come in and this blew me away. He was in Florida for four years, okay? 120 receptions. 70 of them were a senior year. 1,590 yards. 984 were just his senior year. 12 touchdowns in four years. 10 of them his senior year. So he had one good year out of four. Now, if you want to compare numbers... Look at, and I, I know he's not somebody that you wanted to talk about as as really great earlier, Dante. But Rashad Bateman, I mean, he went pick twenty seven, mm-hmm. and he had a better college career mm-hmm. in three years. He he outdid what Tony did in four years. He was one of the reasons why Minnesota was so good. I mean, exactly, ball a ball a, ball, a strike a so, strike, but it is what it is. Yeah, I'm a little confused. That I mean, that that gives good ammunition to why you said the Giants had such a bad draft. But it started off man, that. That that just confused the heck out of That's me. That's what I'm saying. Like the they literally picked somebody like you said that should have gone late second 
if yes. not early third round, as yep. their first round pick when Rashad Bateman was there, Elijah Moore was there, and even yep. say what you want about the guy, but Rondell Moore was there. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, you already have an X and Y guy like Sterling Shepard. If he stays healthy, nobody's saying that he's a bad receiver. He's he's the reason he's literally the sole reason why the Giants were comfortable him him and um so you had Sterling Shepard and um Slayton well Slayton was there and Golden Tate was there too I mean you had all those guys oh I'm sorry Saquon you you have you have Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley were the reason why they were okay with OBJ going to another team you can't oh, yeah. you can't right. sit here and tell me that the Giants organization was like, yeah, we're just gonna give up OBJ because we can. No, they felt comfortable and it showed. But when this dude gets hurt, he gets hurt. Um, yeah. Evan Ingram showed a lot of talent. When he's hurt, he's down well, for the yeah. count. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, he's good when he's good, but when he's down, <laughs> he's down for the count. I mean, it's crazy. Let's head over to Slate. Is crazy, man, bro. But look at that pick of Tony. He looked like James Tony's grandson. James Tony, the greatest fighter. Period. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Let's not talk about that. That time he came to the UFC and Randy Couture gave him the business. Um, <laughs> but yeah, these are definitely first round surprises for all of us. I mean, I can honestly say we probably said the biggest what when Kadarius Tony came up, but. Yeah. Jam- yeah. Jamin Davis doesn't make sense because they're stacked on their front seven. J.C. Horn didn't make sense because there was Patrick Sertain there. And Kadarius Tony is a third-round pick that got chosen first. I mean... Man. Yeah, this is, is strange, man. So, with that <laughs> being said, strange. these are just surprises. They, yes. might, they weren't, like, the craziest. But we're going to get into the worst picks of the draft. <laughs> so... We could have put some, put some of these on there, but I think I was just more surprised. And we're not saying that Kadarius Tony doesn't have talent. He was being scouted really well, and he was another one of those guys that you have to put, um, you have to put in the category of helping Kyle Trask out. And that might have just been Kyle Trask uh, magic too. But uh, let's get into our, our our worst picks of the dress. So I'll go ahead and start this off. <laughs> There it is. There it is. Rashad Bateman going to Baltimore. I'm not saying that he's bad. I go back to my point, making that Minnesota wouldn't have been as good as they were without him. Now, the reason why this was the worst pick to me is because this dude is not going to even catch 30 passes next year. Mark my words. Don, write that down. Mark my words. Rashad Bateman will not catch more than 30 passes next year. Over <laughs> under 30 receptions. Write it down. <laughs> and, and, and here's the reason why. A lot of people go and say Hollywood Brown is not that good, but they barely throw to the guy. Well, they or, barely throw, period. They, like, that's... <laughs> they barely throw, and the throws that they make down the field are not the most on-target thing either. So now you're going to add another big-body guy when they love throwing to the tight end. If they would have picked your boy from um from Penn State right here, <laughs> uh, Fryermuth, Fryermuth, yeah, I yeah. would have been like, excellent. That that's good for their offense because now you got somebody that's tough and strong, 
and somebody that can catch out of the backfield. I mean, to each their own, but Rashad Bateman, for the reason that he has very big bust potential, I mean, how is he going to deal with him? Not He's not going to be the number one receiver on that roster. Let's, let's just be real about this. Hollywood Brown is still going to be their number one. Um, And you're not going to get thrown to. So, to me, this is why I couldn't, I couldn't consider the Ravens having a number one pick or the number one uh, draft or team draft is because of this pick right here. They started off bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is who should have went <laughs> to the Giants, right? Exactly. <laughs> or Elijah yeah. Moore. Like, so sorry, Rashad. You might have a great career. You might not, but I don't. I don't see you catching thirty passes this year, buddy. Like, <laughs> all right, Don. Let's go ahead and head over to you. Man, I just I've been harping on this one for a long time. <laughs> long time, man. Drink the Kool-Aid Jets. I hope you're full. I just it, it has baffled me how this kid made it through all the draft talk and and wound up there. Uh once again, like Dante, I don't wish anybody to do bad whatsoever, Mm-mm. but it just confuses the heck out of me how a team can look at the numbers if they actually looked at the numbers 2019 versus 2020 two years with this guy look at those two years look at the level of competition he played in 2019 playing against washington usc tennessee utah stiff competition 62 percent completion ratio 2400 yards 11 touchdowns and nine picks 2020 against the powerhouse teams of Western Kentucky, Texas, San Antonio, Northern Alabama, and Texas State. Wow, his completion ratio went up to 74%. He threw for 3,700 yards. He had 33 touchdowns and and three interceptions. Mm -hmm. What a great 2020. To take that against that competition, you don't realize he plays well against lesser competition. He doesn't play as well against real competition, and you make him the second pick? You put your future on that? Man, that is my shake in my head pick. It's like, what? I, I have to agree with you. Um, yeah, hey. I mean, it, it's it's weird in the fact that, like you said, this year, this year could have been the show and tell for Zach Wilson. Yes, with the strength of schedule that they're going to be going against. Yep. What What is it? Three or four Pac-12 teams that they're going to play right off the rip. Yep. And you let <laughs> I don't know, man. He, yeah, this this if he's not a bust, let's say let all right, Rob. You said the over under. Yeah. Over under. 15 let, let's say over under let's do let's do interceptions and touchdowns if he throws more than 12 touchdowns i'll be surprised and if he 12? throws yeah and if he throws less than 15 interceptions i'll be surprised plus or minus 12 <laughs> tds and 15 picks yeah yeah in his in his uh freshman 17 game season right yep. yes and if he throws more than Let's see. What's a good number? 
What do you think is a good number for for yardage for him, Don? Because he he really doesn't have anybody to throw to. Poor thing. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> I I'd almost give him the benefit of the doubt and say he'll throw for twenty six hundred yards. Okay, I'll meet I'll meet you in the middle. I say he doesn't throw over twenty eight hundred yards. Okay. And then fumbles. <laughs> <laughs> He'll fumble more than five times next year. He'll be in the top three in interceptions, guaranteed, man. <laughs> I'm sorry that we're putting a right, we're putting a right. cap on this guy so early, but I just don't I <laughs> right. don't see it. So, I mean, c- considering he's the Jets' quarterback now, like a 17 game season, if he comes out of it, 15 TDs, 15 picks, 3,000 yards. Do you consider that a successful season? <laughs> And it's very hard to like, consider that. It's things, it's like 15 touchdowns in 17 games. You think about oh. what you're saying, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, and then you're like, well, that's actually not so bad. All things considered. You're like, all things considered yes. with like, Zach Wilson. But let's, let's, let's be real too. I'm not saying that like Don said, we're not wishing any ill will not towards him or, the guy. Yeah. or Trevor. Right. I'm not wishing any ill will towards Trevor Lawrence because the Jaguars are my team. Like, you know, it is what it is. But the fact that he's getting drafted, and what what did I call it? Career homicide right here. It's the same thing with Trevor <laughs> Lawrence. It's career homicide for Zach Wilson. I mean, you're banking on, um, what's his name, to be a great coach, to bring some of that defensive, like, hype to the offense. Sala, yeah. But, yeah, Robert Sala. But, uh, yeah. who knows? Let's watch a Disney Channel movie. <laughs> I'm Zach Wilson, and you're watching the Disney Channel. Yeah, with the little wand joint. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try oh, to man. I'm gonna try to make a graphic with that. Put his head on like one of the Disney Channel kids and do the wand. <laughs> I wonder if I could do that. Um, and then Rob will go ahead and get to yours. That's funny. So like, similar to yours, Dante. I'm not saying he's a bad player because he's not. It just shook my head that he was taken where he was taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Etienne. I mean, he went 25 to the Jags, and you know, I get it. You got your guy's guy to make Trevor happy. You know, I mean, the Jags had so many other needs besides running back, and I just really don't think it was necessary. You know, they needed a playmaker in the secondary after they traded away Jalen Ramsey. And what did I say yeah. during the draft? I was like, imagine how James Robinson feels right now. Yes. And yeah. and the and the twenty five pick that they used for ETN was the pick they got from the Ramsey trade. Like it would have made so much sense to get a DB there, but you know that's neither here nor there. They didn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they also, I mean, just desperately need an upgrade at the tight end position. Obviously, Pitts was off the table with Fryermuth, which we just said was there right. at twenty five. There's a couple 30, good ones. I mean, thirty three because they picked eight picks later at thirty three, and they didn't pick them then either. Um, and I think the Steelers got a steal getting him at 55, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Harris. that was one of the, one of the wins of the later rounds of the draft. Um, but, it, but yeah, I, ETN just didn't make sense at 25 for me there. This was, this was honestly one of those things where you looked back at the Jaguars and you're like, whatever happens with James Robinson happens. 
But we got to make sure that Trevor Lawrence is successful no matter what. <laughs> this is, Mr. Screen Pass. This was a desperate move by the Jaguars front office. And it's just more of the same. And I'm still a frustrated fan because of it. And not only – this wasn't like this wasn't like a Maurice Jones-Drew coming in for Fred Taylor. This was literally – you had – this dude was up there with Jonathan Taylor as being one of the best rookie running backs. I mean, it was – it was back and forth for a lot of people, like who was better. Yeah. And not only do you bring this guy in, now you got a controversy in your running back room, man. I I mean, this is almost compared. Well, no yeah, you're not replacing an old Wiley vet. You're replacing like a guy a that proved himself back, on like, a horrible exactly. team. Yeah. Was there literally the bright spot in our offense last year? So yeah. this is, I'm not comparing it to this, but imagine how. This is like how Aaron Rodgers felt when they drafted Jordan Love last year. Like, are you serious right now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Instead of getting a weapon to help the team, you're going to get my competition instead. I guess yeah, it is yeah, a lot I, cheaper than going out and getting a veteran. I mean, yeah. you got a lot of running backs out there still. But that, if that was your, your hope was to get a secondary running back, you don't draft him at 25. That's very true. You're going to draft him in the fourth round, you know, to get, you know, a second rookie running back on a cheap contract. Yeah. I, I like, almost, that doesn't make any sense. I um, almost put Travis Etienne right here. Um, and, and again, Etienne, I'm not saying he's not talented because he is. It's just the pick left me scratching my head. Well, one thing is for sure. He's not going to the worst offensive line out there, so he might be pretty decent. <laughs> that was That was one thing that I said about Etienne is like, he needs a good line. He needs yes, a, he, he needs a good line. He's got all Absolutely. the other intangibles, but that dude needs the gates of heaven to hope open up for him. Like <laughs> but James Robinson is that guy. I, I just hope that James Robinson comes in, puts his foot on the gas heavy, and makes sure that Travis uh ETN doesn't come in and take his spot just because that's that's uh Trevor's, you know, good buddy. But this is this was a desperate move by the Jaguars to make sure that they protect their investment, which kudos to them for wanting him to be as successful as possible, right? Because we said that about a lot of quarterbacks. You know, damn if you do, damn if you don't. But this draft, like I said on stream, is the draft of rekindling old relationships. Even though it's not old, but Travis Etienne going to Trevor Lawrence. Jalen Waddle going to Tua. Devonta Smith going to Jalen Hurts. Uh, you got Jamar Chase going to Joe Burrow. I mean, I've never seen anything like this happen ever in draft. And, Don, I don't know if you have either, but this, no. is, this is really weird, um, the way that teams are drafting. It's like teams are drafting based off of, like, Trevor called, make sure you get Travis. Or yep. Joe Burrow is like, make sure you get Jamar in this draft. Uh, yeah. Yep. yeah. You're letting the kids run the show. Well, well the, like I, go ahead. Yeah, like I was saying before when we talked about it as a, you know, before the draft, there's potential for Jamar to go there. Um, you know, with the veteran quarterbacks, uh, with Deshaun Watson, with Aaron Rodgers, with different ones talking about they want to have more of a say. Uh, they they don't feel like they have enough say in the team operations, and then they get disgruntled and, you know, and now all of a sudden they're listening to these guys. They're getting the players they're talking about. Is, is it a coincidence this is happening or is it happening for a reason? Mm. 
little little retention play try to keep them happy yeah yeah it, it's it's just really weird that it's really weird that this is happening at a time that it's happening but also this is just infuriating Aaron Rodgers even more. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. right. The exactly. quarterbacks are getting the guys around yes. them that they're asking for and not him. Like, yeah. Joe just got Jamar. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it, yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. Before we move on to the next thing, I was talking to the Wire to Wire guys last night. After everything that's been said and done, do you think, I'm not saying is a your top five, running back but could aaron jones be a top five running back i mean he absolutely could he he's knocking on the door of five yeah i mean he'd be right there yeah if you were to list the guys you could probably find five guys to put ahead of him right but he's right there okay that's that's fair that's that's exactly how i feel about him I, i believe he can be a top five running back i mean he did he did not look good in the playoffs, but <laughs> yeah, you know, fumbling I mean, twice in one yeah. game, but you know, right, it is what it and is. And I guess uh, speaking speaking of the Packers, I mean, that's the other sh- scratching your head kind of pick is Eric Stokes there at twenty nine. Like, you already know Aaron Rodgers is mad at you. <laughs> like, yeah. you're just gonna break the camel's back by picking a corner, you know? And how would they say like how many years in a row their first overall their first round pick has been a defensive player? Like they haven't gotten him a weapon in the first round, like ever. Yeah, it's it, it, it's something. It, it's ridiculous. like, yeah, it, like easily like a number of years in a row have <laughs> all been defensive picks in the first round. I can't remember the stat. Mm-hmm. I I and Don, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I cannot find the clip. But didn't I say at one point or another that Kyle Trask would be great under Tom Brady if he can get there? I believe I said that. Or either I was talking to somebody else about that. That does sound a little familiar. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember it's either was how, I dreaming how long about ago that? that was. It, it had to be a while ago when we were talking about yeah. when I was like really high on Kyle Trask and I said that I would yeah. choose him over Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> while you're, while you're Man, talking, gonna... I pulled it up. So I'm looking at the Packers first round picks like historically. The last offensive player that they've drafted that wasn't Jordan Love obviously right um 2011 Derek Sherrod an offensive tackle out of Mississippi State <laughs> really the la- the last time they drafted a skill position offensive player right was Aaron Rodgers in 2005 wow the la- they they haven't drafted a single like offensive it's linebacker player, D tackle D tackle drafted that was offensive tackle, offensive tackle, DN, DN, safety, safety, nose tackle, corner, DN, safety. Like every single draft pick has been a defensive player outside of two linemen in the last 15 years. Mm. And Jordan Love. <laughs> it, it, it's understandable that Aaron Rodgers is a little upset. Yeah. I I mean, I agree. Uh, Cottrell said, preach, Rob. <laughs> like, I'd be mad too. <laughs> um let's see what slade said you did i mentioned trask in the stream you said he could be good and you said under brady maybe or something like that okay i thought i wasn't going crazy yeah. 
But I think he's that's the perfect quarterback for Brady just to sit and marinate. Y'all think I'm crazy, but Kyle <laughs> Kyle Trask could be nasty, just like I think Mac Jones sit that was the worst thing for anybody to let happen. Is to let they didn't even have to move up. They I made know, it, he I made all the New England at fifteen. Uh I, I knew and I knew, didn't I say this, Don? I knew that Belichick wasn't that annoyed by him overthrowing receivers because no, that could be corrected. Not. Yeah. If everything else is bad, if or if everything else is good and that's the one thing that's bad, that could save yeah. you a lot of games with him just overthrowing yeah. a receiver and then you got two more downs to play with. Like, yeah. come on. Like get- In that quick little post-draft interview, he was like, uh, Mac Jones was like, yeah, New England's what I wanted all along. And we were like, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> He got his guy. Somebody get yeah. this clip to Bill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all was y'all was getting a little heated last night. <laughs> um, all right, so let's head over to uh, uh actually let's read Slade's last comment here. Uh, Trask has raw skill, but he had some help with his numbers. He's the definition of a project. Mm, I agree and disagree with that comment because he literally made Felipe Franks transfer to Arkansas because he was not getting his job back. <laughs> I mean, that's true. let's let's be yeah, let's be true. real. He was yeah. that he was yep. that damn good. Yeah. Remember, they could they could have beat Alabama twice. They yeah. could have. I mean, he twice. had a lot of talent around him. I mean, with Pitts and Tony, but he kept that job absolutely. But Pitts and Tony didn't really come into their own until this year. I mean, let's exactly. be real. Right, exactly. And Kyle Trask was good for two years straight. Um, all right. So next project. Uh next project. Next subject. Project. Man, see, y'all got, you got me on the you got me You're on doing this. work. Yeah. <laughs> what non first round quarterback has the best chance to start this year? <laughs> so I had to take all the quarterbacks that got drafted in the first round, put them in a jar. And look at all the other quarterbacks that were there. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought this would be a really interesting subject because I knew all of us are going to be different than what we said. And one is going to yep. be very e- like obvious and it's probably going to be mine. <laughs> um, said over to Slade's comment one more time. Hmm, true. I need to watch more college football and just not tape. I catch all the NFL games, though. Uh-oh. 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 Prediction. <laughs> uh, prediction there dante i know i gotta throw it up josh said it's gonna say calamond obviously <laughs> <laughs> control even said the same thing yeah. oh man all yeah. right let's just let's just uh your boy yeah let's just go ahead and get over to it. all right don go ahead and start <laughs> yeah i i think mine's pretty obvious i'm i'm going with davis mills uh, four years out of Stanford, he he played two of those years. Size wise, man, good size for a quarterback, six four two twelve. He only threw uh, for like thirty four hundred yards, a, a seven point nine average, eighteen touchdowns, eight interceptions. Had a nice passer rating, one forty one nine. He was drafted in the third round, third pick to Houston. Developmental. More minuses than pluses. Definitely a guy, if he's on your roster, he's not going to see anything the first year. But with the situation in, in Houston, I I hope they get a veteran quarterback if Watson is not going to start, which it doesn't look good. But at some point, whether they get one too late or one gets hurt, 
Mills is going to play this year. <laughs> it might be a it might be uh one game, part of a game, but he's going to get in there. It's that bad down there. Josh said intelligent runs in the fan with Don, even if obvious. <laughs> uh Cottrell said Don that's a good pick don't love Davis but he has a shot to be a starter week one depending on how Deshaun shakes up yep yeah I mean it's a very safe pick but let's 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 be let's be 100% about Davis Mills I know it was a little far-fetched in our last mock draft but I put Davis Mills I think I had him going to the Broncos for a reason go watch the tape his last four games of the season, um, he literally could have won a lot of games for, for Stanford um, just by himself. I'm not saying that he's Andrew Luck, even though he kind of looked like Andrew Luck with the helmet on. It was very strange. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, is that Andrew Luck? Oh, my God, my heart. Um, but he's got talent. He's definitely, like Slade was saying about Kyle Trask, he's de definitely a project quarterback. I just hope they don't ruin him. But that's it, my concern too. Yep. He's got a he's got a lot of talent that he just yep. needs a good quarterback coach. A great quarterback coach can make him great. He's not gonna come in and be David Carr though. Like David Carr was no. complete buns. Um all right, Rob, your pick. Yeah, so I went way off the reservation here. I like so this pick, and that's, and that's I, fine. I think it's cool. And that's so I, full disclosure, uh Peyton Ramsey is a buddy of mine's cousin. Uh so I've been following his career pretty closely. Uh, he's a talented guy that has the feeties just like Dante likes. Yeah. Um, he, he's, a, uh, he's a big, boy you know, a, a size 6220. He throws and runs. He was a four year starter, three years at Indiana and then transferred to Northwestern. He took Northwestern to the big 10 championship game. Obviously they lost to Ohio state, but they beat Auburn in the, uh, the citrus bowl, his mm -hmm. senior year. Yeah, right. it, 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 he had, he, he threw for 291 yards and three touchdowns and ran for 50 yards and another touchdown in the Citrus Bowl, like his, the last game of his college career. Cool. He, he He's super talented and a really just a really good kid. Um, but the reason I put him up here is the shot he has going into the situation he's in. <laughs> he, he got a UFA uh, invite to camp to Carolina. So he's going to walk into a situation where you got Sam Darnold, the other guy in that quarterback room is Will Greer, who was their third round pick out of West Virginia in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, so he'd obviously be like next on the depth chart if um, they've been working on Will know, Greer, it, like it, grooming it, him it, for so long. He's not right. Exactly. I mean, ever. again, he was a third. He was a third round pick in 2019. So at this point, it's kind of, you know, pooper, get off the pot. Yeah. yeah. Is he, <laughs> is he going to be a quarterback or not? You know, do you have, you know, uh, a Barkley or do you have, you know, like, can he play? You know, so we'll see there, but he's walking into a quarterback room that as an undrafted free agent, he could actually get a start depending yeah. on what happens in Carolina, <laughs> which is just wild. And so, yeah. like, I looked at the situation and went, yeah, he's going to be my pick because that's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he, cool. he, he could end up practice squatted by the end of camp. Don't get me wrong, but there's a legitimate shot that he could end up like. And, and <laughs> the, the one comp that I give to it, and I'm not saying like, obviously, he Joe Flacco was way more highly recruited and touted coming out of college, like his senior bowl and his pro days and all that stuff. When he out through Matt Ryan, you know, all that stuff. But uh, Flacco came into his rookie season as the third quarterback in Baltimore's room. And Kyle Bowler got, had a season ending ending injury mm -hmm. and Troy Smith got sick. 
Mm-hmm. And he started week one and ended up a 10-year starter. Yeah. He never gave up the job. And, and, and it was Darnold all because the Sam two Darnold. guys. <laughs> that's it. And Sam Darnold's never played a full 16-game season. Yeah. He's never done 13 it. 13 is the most. Exactly. And so, like, at some point, it's entirely possible that he yeah. either ends up as QB1 or QB2 oh boy, during the season with Carolina. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, you never know. Like, it's so I, I looked at his situation and went, man, this would be really cool as a flyer that this kid would come in uh, as a UFA and, and make it as the starter for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Slade, if that, like, makes you sad at night, but I think it's really cool. <laughs> it's cool. It I, is. I knocked some sense in the sleigh while I was down there. It's all good. Uh, and go over and to, he really is a good kid. So. <laughs> yeah. Go to Cottrell's comment here. Ian Book is a sleeper to start. That's that's true. It is. Um, I, I mean, what's the other quarterbacks that are sitting out there? Sam Ellinger, but Sam Ellinger would not start with the Colts. The quarterback oh, death is too oh, deep. Oh, yeah. They, that would be a terrible situation with the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Carson Wentz would not handle that well. <laughs> um, Slade said he loves stories like uh, Peyton Ramsey's. So, yeah, um, it, it's a possibility because I don't think anybody's even. So, like I told Slade, regardless of what happens with Sam Darnold, it didn't cost you too much, so it's not going to hurt as much as Carson Wentz wanting <laughs> out of Philly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're you're not you're not really paying them all that much money. I mean, you didn't give up too much to get him. And now you got Will Greer, who's been grooming to be the starter for a while. And now you have this kid that you picked up. So, to me, this just screams like we're not confident in our quarterback room all the way still. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Control, I do have to say Ian Book's pro day was, like, terrible. (laughs) 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 It did not look good. Uh, So, he – I mean, Don knows I was really big on Ian Book. Uh, yeah, you a were. year ago, and then I don't know what happened this year. They just were like getting hyped up, and then his pro day came around. I was like, "Ooh, he's stinky, stinky right now." It just, it just did not look good. Um, so let's just go ahead and get to the obvious one because y'all, y'all want to roast me. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise, Dante! <laughs> okay, so let let me breathe. <laughs> Kellen Mond going to the Vikings. Love the pick. I did compare him to uh <laughs> I did compare him to um cousins too, just with better feedies. Yeah. Um I think this is the year. This is the year that Kirk Cousins really needs to show that he's worth all that money. Cause I'm telling you. Everybody everybody knows. Everybody's hating on me because I like this guy. <laughs> And that's okay. But I saw what I saw, man. I saw what I saw. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, statistically he is up there with the Dak Prescotts and, and those type of players in the SEC. Um, he's got the arm. His accuracy has always been a problem with, you know, a lot of the scouts. I mean, but what he showed in his pro day and what he did at the Senior Bowl against other seniors – Coming out being the MVP, you can't just put that aside. Like, give give the man a pass, but Kirk Cousins needs to watch out because this man will take your job. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's got he's got every he's got all the intangibles to take take the job of uh, Kirk Cousins. And, How many uh, years are left on Cousins' contract? Is he coming up on the end of that big long guaranteed deal? Isn't he? Yeah. Well, 
I think he's got two more years, but I mean, Kirk Cousins is a roller coaster ride that a lot of people are tired of being on at this point. You know, he's that one wooden roller coaster, you know, amongst all the other monster metal coasters yep. in the in the park, and you only ride it because it gives you nostalgia and you can win yeah. a couple <laughs> yeah, games. They, they, yeah, the only the only thing standing in his way is two years at a guaranteed sixty six million dollars. Yeah, like. <laughs> The best, the best thing to do at this point in time is for Kellen Mond to sit behind Kirk Cousins, shut up, be quiet, and in the last three games of the season, when Kirk Cousins has just been total booty cheeks, for him to come in and win them last three games, this will be, I can already have a prediction, this is going to be like Jalen Hurts 2.0, but instead Kellen Mond is going to come in, throw a couple TD passes to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and it's going to be a cakewalk. And and plus, you know, you got Dalvin Cook there, so you're gonna have two dudes yep. with defeaties. Like I don't see how this is a this was not a bad pick whatsoever. I was surprised at first, but I really had to step back and think about it. Like it's actually a perfect situation. And if he if he just is coachable, man, like like Jimbo says he is, he's he's good to go. Yeah. Um, Cottrell said, oh, I'm no Ian Book fan. I just think he went to a very friendly situation. That's facts. I mean, it, if Carson Wentz looks like he looked like last year, like if it turns out that what he looked like last year was a Carson Wentz problem and not an Eagles problem, yeah, yeah, I, that that would be a friendly situation to be the second quarterback in that room. Yeah. Cottrell said he signed a two-year extension this offseason. That's what I thought. I thought I heard yeah. that, that two numbers yeah. sitting up there. All right, so we're getting towards the end of the show. We can't forget about the one glaring news story that's been hitting all of our all of our feeds for like the last several days, uh, and it happened to be the day of the draft. But uh, they're still talking about it. Uh, we've been talking about it in our group chat, and that's what will happen with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, is he going to be the Jeopardy host? <laughs> <laughs> is he going to find a home somewhere else? So, I mean, this is kind of a free fall for us right here. The possibilities are endless, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. But uh, apparently, there was some proposed trade talk that Rob got to us the other day that sounded pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, I, use, I don't, I, to use Patrick Sertain as trade fodder. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it, this was just something that was thrown out there by um, those ESPN talking heads. You know, it's one of those things. It, it, but uh, I'm looking. What do they put down that to to send him to Denver, I, which I think would be a great situation for him because, you know, you look at what they need and where they are as a team. He could actually go there to win. He doesn't want to go, be a starter somewhere that he doesn't have a chance, you know, winning. He's basically going to try to pick where they send him, which is basically he's putting himself obviously without any of the bad stuff. If you take six months ago, uh, the Deshaun Watson situation. Mm-hmm. where he's going to try to dictate where he wants to go because he wants out. And they're going to try to get a King's ransom for him. But, I mean, they, they were talking Denver uh, for certain Tim Patrick, Drew Locke, and a couple of first-rounders. Um, and then Green Bay would send Rodgers and their their draft pick, Eric Stokes, uh, back to Denver. And I was like, it made a lot of sense. It was just obviously yeah. just supposition that, I don't know. It, it, I don't know that any team is going to give up multiple first round picks for a 37 going on 38 year old Aaron Rodgers, 
He's got yeah, like I mean, two more good years he, in him. He's not. coming off the MVP season. Like, he showed he's still doing it. But at the same time, like, you're really, you're not going to sell your whole franchise to get a couple of years out of this guy. Not for a couple of years, right. And he's got the outside interests, like we said, with Jeopardy. He could just uh, up and decide to retire. Yeah, exactly. He could retire at any time, and you, you don't want to sink those picks into that. And And now the Packers are upset at the Niners and the Broncos for possible tampering. You know, so it's it's a bad situation. I mean, yeah, that's the other one. Yeah. Control says he can see Vegas going all out. Yeah, yeah. Vegas could go all out. That's yeah. true. Well, and and that's the thing. And, and somebody brought this up, but all of these trade scenarios have a quarterback coming back to Green Bay as part of the trade, right. like Derek Carr coming in or Drew Locke coming in. If the Packers weren't sold on Jordan Love being their heir apparent QB one, like why? Why did you do what you did? <laughs> like, yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? I I don't know. So I've always been in the boat of if a player wants out, let him go. Because now it's a risky situation that you put yourself in, right? Not only, so I always think about the worst case scenario when it when it comes to players and money and stuff like that. Morally, do I think people should play out their contract regardless of how unhappy they are? Absolutely. But then again, you have players like Aaron Rodgers or who generational talents that have already been the what three or four NFC Championship games that they barely lost and it really wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. Um, not only is that frustrating, <laughs> but you feel like you're just not going to win there. You feel like you're stuck. Even, even uh, Brett Favre said the same thing. When it's time to go, it's time to go. Yep. And yep. at this point in time, if you, this is the risk that you're running in any situation like this. And this is where I kind of go back on morally the side where I'm like, well, Contracts are only so much, right? Is if Aaron Rodgers comes in and does really bad this season and he's just throwing games, not saying that he would, but right. he could possibly go out there and just throw games for your team. And then at the end of the day, his excuse is, I told you guys to trade me. I told you guys to trade me. And there's probably nothing in his contract. There's nothing in your contract that says, don't throw games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, but to me, it's like, the four games that they could end up losing this season when you could have just let this dude go and then you bring Jordan Love in, then it's like, first of all, if you don't do it, it's like, then why did you draft Jordan Love in the first round last year? Right. Second of all, if you're losing four games where you possibly could have won four games with Jordan Love, you know, under center, it's like, why didn't you just let the guy go in the first place? So right now, to me, this whole situation is like you're batting one for four. Yeah. You know, it, and yeah. to be, it's just, it's just so weird to me, man. It, like, it, just it's, let go. it's wild that the Packers are now in the exact same situation when Aaron Rodgers got drafted behind Brett Favre. You've yep. got a clear first ballot Hall of Famer that's aging as your starter, but still clearly has good years left. But you burnt a first round pick drafting his heir potentially a couple of years too soon. 
And so now like Aaron Rodgers is going to follow the same track. Is, is he going to spend a year in the AFC and then come in and be Kirk Cousins replacement next year? You know, and, and go beat them with the Vikings for a couple of seasons before retiring, like literally follow the exact same track as Brett Favre. But I said this to Don last year when Jordan Love got drafted. It's not the fact that I hate Jordan Love. I just didn't think he was ready to start for a team right away. Right. And the best thing he could have did. And I, I feel like that's still beneficial to all quarterbacks. Put your ego to the side, you know, and sit behind somebody unless you're Andrew Luck, you know, but he probably benefited with seeing how big Aaron was, seeing how far they could get with the weapons that he had. Now everything is possible for Jordan Love, you know? Now, and then, honestly, if Jordan Love comes in and takes that team to the playoffs, and let's say they get, you know, to, I don't know, they get to the divisional round of the playoffs, right? Two rounds in, and then they end up losing. Then you can't say that the weapons that are on the Packers are so bad. You know what I'm saying? That excuse is thrown out the window. So it could look bad on Aaron for complaining of being a little girl all these years. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could possibly be a good thing where they just throw up on themselves. Like you get rid of Aaron and then you guys are complete trash and Jordan Love is not who you thought it was. Then that is the perfect revenge tour for, for Aaron Rodgers. But, I can honestly say if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I know I got like one or two more good years in me, I'm not going to go to a team where I'm going to have to settle for less. What would be very interesting, this is not going to happen, but what would be very interesting is if Aaron Rodgers ends up going to a team like the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence is sitting behind him one year. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's it not, would be interesting. It's not going to happen. But it could happen because they got the not only do they have the money, they are like investing in their future quarterback being good and sitting under a veteran. I think if Urban Meyer wants to earn, you know, get me as a fan, if I see him doing that, bro, I'm on board, you know, because it our Jaguars are ready to win. I mean, that's any team. I mean, you look at the Washington football team was another team that they're mentioning. That's a great team for him to go to. Even if I know the Eagles have been talking about, I mean, realistically they've been talking about drafting another quarterback, which they could have got Justin Fields and they didn't. So I guess you guys are banking on Jalen Hurts being your guy, but now they are. But if you, if their Eagles are talking about making, they don't have the money for it, but if they're talking about having a quarterback come in to win a lot of games and get yeah. him to that next huddle, I don't think well, I don't even think Jalen Hurts would be mad at that. <laughs> it, yeah, they don't have the cap space; I mean, they'd have to cut half the roster. But yeah, I, know, I mean, they, they, they have the draft pack capital to bring him in. But again, right. I don't think he's going to be worth the picks that Green Bay is going to be want for him. I think nope. Green Bay's Green Bay is going to be left at the end of this. Green Bay, just like Houston, Green Bay is going to be left holding an unhappy asset. That's true. I think that's the most likely scenario yep, yep. that nobody's going to be willing to pay what green Bay wants to trade him. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, even if they get to that point where they have a number to give of what they want for him, because from what they're saying yeah. now, they don't want him to leave. Right. Yeah, or the, you the, just, you just go across the pond and, 
end up in Chicago and then smashing everybody. QB one. <laughs> I mean, Justin Fields doesn't have have a choice in that in that situation. But that, yeah. like I said, if I'm going with the same theory that these quarterbacks need to sit behind somebody for a year, Justin Fields would do that for for Aaron Rodgers. I'm pretty sure. But uh, best team is the team that's been in all the talks is the Broncos. Yeah, this is the This is the team that we thought Justin Fields should go to to have a lot of success, <laughs> and they drafted corner. Yeah, <laughs> but all would be forgiven, even sure. if even if they trade certain for him, all would be forgiven. Just the fact that Aaron Rodgers with KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton, and Noah Fon and Melvin Gordon, that would be amazing to watch. Um, so yeah, just Tom a Elway would be happy. Oh yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but who knows if Aaron Rodgers could come up there and be a butthole to? Or John Elway be a butthole to him. Like you just don't. We don't know. I don't. I I really haven't figured out Aaron Rodgers yet. I don't. I don't know if I would like to do personally. But you know. So did you did you guys see the picture of Tom Brady and him at the um, from from the Kentucky Derby? Yeah. Yeah. And they said that Aaron Rodgers was dressed like uh, the criminal that was there to kill or there to. To arrest the, Tom Brady. The cop there to arrest Tom Brady because <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady had like this Snidely Whiplash like top hat look going on. <laughs> it was hilarious. That was pretty funny. But <sighs> but guys, we're gonna go ahead and close out the show, episode sixteen. Um, this will be thrown up on YouTube for the rest of the week. So if you guys weren't able to catch the first couple of segments, give us a rewatch or check us out on um, YouTube. So uh, me, Don, and Rob, we're gonna sign out next week. Uh, now that everybody's starting to slow down, we're starting to get into the prediction side of everything. So the long summer, the long <laughs> summer. We usually start making predictions um, around this time, right, Don? It's usually within a. Well, we did uh, in the past. We did scale our um, our episodes back. We didn't do them quite as frequently, um, so it, it it wasn't you know week after week like that. But, uh, yeah, this is about the time, uh, month of May is when we get started with that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Slade, for coming through. Um, but, yeah, we'll we'll try to figure it out on the back end. We'll, we'll talk right after this for, you know, yeah. for a little bit and try to figure that out. But maybe we can focus on one division, you know, instead of – I think we were doing two last time when we yeah. had to uh, go for two. But, uh, anyways, y'all are here listening to us chatter. Yeah. Thanks for coming through, guys. And uh, – <laughs> We'll all catch you later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. Find us on all your favorite music and podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For all the latest news and updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by going to eastcoastgridiron.com. 